Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. And in this podcast, we will cover the global and local developments you need to know this week. This week, a power panel, we could call it, of possibly about $4 billion in in revenue and trading going around the room uh, today. PwC's Media Outlook came out uh, last week, and we're going to talk to Justin Papps, a partner at PwC and the editor of the new editor of the Media and Entertainment Outlook. Uh, with him, we have Michael Stevenson, Chief Sales Officer at Nine, uh, Brian Gallagher, Chief Sales Officer at Southern Cross Osterio, and Christian Kroon, who's the Chief Investment Officer at Omnicom. Welcome, gentlemen. And uh, we'll start with you first, Justin. Just run us through the big top line forecasts for the next five years that PwC's been working on. It's an annual. It's an annual report. Uh, some positive uh, overall findings, but there's some patchy stuff and we're going to talk through uh, what, what all that means for, for marketers and the, and the broader industry. So um, what do we make of the of the, the next five years? Justin, give us the lowdown. Thanks, Paul. So uh, the theme for this year's report was very much the search for growth, which is there's, there's no doubt there's some tough economic conditions, but that doesn't mean that um, marketers shouldn't be looking to drive growth um, through really good quality work as far as advertising and marketing goes. I think there are a couple of areas that you know stood out for us in this year's report. Obviously, internet advertising we see taking a bulk of the growth over the next five years, whether that's a good or a bad thing is perhaps something we can debate. Uh, and then we're seeing other areas like out of home, the trajectory that we've seen them on over the last couple of years, we see that uh, continuing now that we've got through the mergers um, of the big four into the big two. And then the other platforms that we're seeing growth, obviously streaming, we're seeing quite a lot of growth, albeit off a lower base. Um, but there's you know, implications for that as well when it comes to some of the box products, et cetera. So the, the thing that we saw across all of the interviews we did and also the report itself was that um, the businesses that are going to grow over the next five years are the ones that are not defined by their old legacy platform. So uh, we talked a lot about, you know, newspapers is probably the worst descriptor for that category now because it's more about news media and where it's consumed and the different ways it's done. Radio, the same when we look at um, terrestrial radio is obviously strong, but looking at where the podcasting revenue is coming in as well. So it's almost looking at those adjacencies to the core product is where we're actually seeing quite a bit of growth. Right. And the issue there, Justin, uh, and and the rest of the, the panel is that some of that growth for media companies does not necessarily mean anything for marketing and the advertising sector because this is about media companies diversifying their revenue base uh, beyond what a marketer can do with an audience and reach. J- Justin, your initial thoughts on that, and then we'll um, we'll go to the panel. Yeah, I, I I agree in part with that, Paul. I think that one of the things that's interesting out of this is actually seeing different ways to reach customers where and when you need them. So you're, you're less reliant on single channel, etc. So I think there is still opportunity there for marketers. I think the other thing that we're seeing is as the industry starting to rethink about itself and how it helps brands reach customers. There's you know more innovative ideas coming through as far as how to get your message in front of the right people. Uh, Christian Kroon, uh, in, in terms of this diversifying of the media companies, you're, you obviously have big blue chip brand advertisers that you're working with. What does this mean? Is this, does this, is this concerning in terms of the available audience it's, that's out there as, as companies uh, diversify beyond ads? Um, I don't think it's concerning. I think as a brand now, any brand, you've got so many ways to reach customers. Instead of singular gateways, it's always on if you have a a consumer, then probably six or seven other people also have that consumer. So you're then trying to work out 
who's got the best way to reach them? Who can I partner with? How can I engage with them? And that partnership model is becoming more important and we'll cover it later around Google and Facebook. And then I think having multiple touch points as a very large media owner becomes very important to help a CMO get where they need to. The other challenge is avoiding paralysis by analysis. So much information comes at our teams, at CMOs, internal data as well. How do you bring that back together in a coherent plan that's still structured around the fundamentals that have been in place in the past? Brian Gallagher, PwC's numbers talk about uh, an overall 4.2% growth uh, for the overall market consumer and advertising for the next five years. Uh, How does that fit with, you know, what you're seeing um, down the pipe? We see, particularly in our radio sector, continued growth. We're getting growth in audiences, so revenue will inevitably follow. We have um, terrestrial broadcast audiences that are up, but then we've got a diversification of our core audience through the extension into uh, things like apps that are carrying a range of um, curated audio and music, but also into podcasting, which is a, um, obviously got quite a lot of buzz around it at the moment. Um, is there any money in that yet, though, Brian Gallagher? Yes, there is. Yeah, no, we're very good answer by the sounds yeah. of it. I think where where we have and where our focus is is uh, actually getting technology. Uh, to centralise currency and uh, to take the friction out of the trading that we have by having so many products. And uh, Christian alludes to the fact that you can get a consumer in all sorts of different places and there are a whole bunch of different ways that you can acquire those consumers. Our focus, and I think TV's focus, is to uh, uh, bring down a, a, a technology improvement that allows us to measure and translate a trade uh, in a little bit more frictionless environment, which will allow us to truncate somewhat the amount of money that's moving off to other digital assets. So we want to keep, as we expand our digital footprint, we want to keep that revenue within our businesses. And I think the answer to that is technology, audience measurement and ad tech. Michael Stevenson, uh, your thoughts on on Justin's views about the diversification of, of, of media um, interests and and reliance on revenue and ad revenues. What does that mean for you? You're, you're in, the, in the thick of it here in the sales and the advertising sales business. So on December the 10th of last year, obviously, we merged the Nine and the Fairfax business to become what we are what we are today, of course. That is um, good for our shareholders as we diversify our revenue and our earnings. But to, to Justin's earlier point, it's also amazing for advertisers because he gives advertisers the opportunity to leverage the marketing platforms that we're now able to create at Nine across a whole range of proven media channels, which I think ultimately is a really good thing for brands. We touched on it um, earlier, Justin, but a lot of the growth in the ad market is coming through in digital. The the ongoing conversation or debate here is around it actually consolidating. So the digital advertising business consolidating into the big technology platforms as opposed to the classic legacy or traditional media companies. That is the case, right? And, and where is that distribution? So I think it's something we'll keep a really close eye on. But yeah, definitely that's where we're seeing a lot of the money going. But but back to the point that um, you know that Brian was making. I think the thing that we took a lot of heart out of this you know this year in doing the report was that um, what we'll call you know the 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 non digital or not not actually non digital, not the internet advertising. Is there's plenty of digital elsewhere as well. It's not limited to those two. So there's. Uh, yeah, I think Christian's mentioned it before around small D digital in all of the platforms. It's just how that money starts to get distributed. But I think the fact is that the, you know, whether it's TV or radio or outdoor or whatever it is, the fact that measurement's getting better means that decisions are easier for marketers. So you're less reliant on, you know, uh, I guess gut feel or whatever it might be. 
And I think that measurement is what's actually going to make a really big difference across the board. Brian Gallagher, you've been vocal uh, about uh, the flow of money uh, into the into the platforms. Um, are you maintaining that uh, that rage? Always, always maintaining the rage, Paul. Um, look, I think that there are things that we can do and that we are doing um, that will allow us to sort of jump the shark, if you like, uh, around digital. And I think that there's one thing that we are currently doing and that we've been doing consistently uh, for since inception, which we're not getting matched on in, in any real campaign sense, which is reach. I mean, we're out there developing very large audiences um, I think if you examine the amount of advertisers now that are, that are that are trying to micro-target with their advertising campaigns, you see a lot of people sort of pulling back and not sure what whether they've actually lost more than they've gained in the process of um, hyper-targeting their audiences. And what we're starting to see now is a sensibility coming to the market about the purpose of of, of reach and uh, and the ability to be to to understand your audiences, but also to use that data to understand how you might convert customers. Uh, and, and, and so what we're seeing is that, you know, reach is becoming more and more important. And if we can do what I mentioned before, which was to, is to sort of, you know, do the one thing that digital does pretty well, um, is to create an ecosystem where you can buy it seamlessly. And we haven't done that. So if we can measure more effectively our audiences across platforms and then couple that with technology that allows us to be, um, you know, bought via a dashboard to an extent, um, then we have probably the two things there that would protect us a little bit from some of that outflow. Christian Kroon, the platforms will say they've got fantastic reach, and they do. I mean, I think Google's got the biggest audience in Australia for sure in, in, a, in a digital context, always comes first in the Nielsen rankings. But that reach argument that Brian talks about, do you buy it? So PhD, one of our agencies, um, Ehrenberg Bass Plus One Reach, it's, it's what the business was built on. Um, I'm a fan of it. I think you need to do both. It's never black and white. So I, I buy the fact that you need plus one reach. I think from a digital perspective, if we bring together what um, everyone else has said, measurement's critical. What digital and the digital platforms provide is connectivity to all the different brands you're using or the different providers so that you can measure what you're doing. And that's what a marketer wants because they're trying to bring it all together and understand more. So as out of home, um, as Justin said, starts to go from small D to big D and you start to get those signals coming back in. Television with connected TV with BVOD, again, connections back into a single pool for measurement, for insight. That's where our clients need to be. That's where we're looking to push our business to add value for them. The, the reach play, of course, if, if I spoke to the top 15 media owners that we deal with, all of them will have over 10 million Australians different ones, different ways. That's the bit where you have to get into the detail and understand what is it your specific client needs to achieve? Where's their brand? Where's their customer? What's their mindset? And so you can't forget that the, the creativity, the smarts that come from our strategy and planning team, which is a big part of the process. It's the feedback loop from connected advertising that we're looking for. And that's what digital really gives us, connected advertising. And me I mean, measuring reach in one single channel is only part of the story as well. I, mean, I think one of the great findings out of the report is recognising the work that um, the entire industry is, do, is doing around VOZ and to be able to measure cross-platform reach. Explain what see. VOZ is though, Michael. VOZ, is the, VOZ gives us the ability to measure cross-platform cross reach and frequency um, across both live linear television and BVOD. It'll also be um, give us the foundation to be able to deliver or trade against audience segments as well as um, age and sex demographics. So 
I think the ability to measure both of those things from one single panel from an independent third party is really, really important um, and a big step towards towards the future. Justin. Yeah, I, I just want to build on that because I think Michael's point is really important, which is we spend a lot of time in the report talking about reach because I think um, one of the things that we see behaviorally is um, is in some instances those fundamentals of marketing are sort of being lost sometimes. And, and I think what we're seeing is when we start talking properly about reach, but we also talk about complementary nature of all the media working together. And to Christian's point, it's not binary. It's how do I use all of these pieces together to really drive that reach? And the fact that we'll be able to measure it is probably the biggest step forward, I think, for the media industry we've had. And so when we talk to CMOs about this, you know, they're, they're, they're absolutely dying to get their hands on this because what it does is it takes the subjectivity out of it and they can actually get a really true view of how all of these things work together to drive reach versus one or the other. And, and I think that's where it gets exciting. And, and, you know, although Michael's here, I'd still use this example anyway. We, we did a pretty deep dive into Lego Masters, the, the program on nine. So um, the final of that got around 3 million viewers combined. Um, the interesting thing with that is that's a perfect example of how you can get reach across multiple platforms. So it was through social, it was through appointment viewing, it was on catch up, it was beep. Like it actually had all the different elements together that say that is a great way to drive reach for that segment. And I think that was a really important piece and a good example of what we should be looking for more. And let's go more broadly now to the to the uh, the sentiment that's in the market. Now, um, Justin, you talked earlier about the macro nature of where the business, the business and industry is at, they've cut costs, they've taken people out. Just give us a sense there about the ad market's been tough, but we might be hitting a, a, a different phase in the cycle. Explain where we've been. Yeah. So if you look at it at a macro point of view, you know, wages growth's been very slow, CPI's low. And what CPI being low means is you can't pull a price lever as quickly as you, as you might ordinarily. You've got to have much more around the value proposition. But the interesting thing we're seeing across major businesses is they've gone through sort of this two or three year period of taking cost, sorry, period of taking costs out of the business. So they've streamlined their supply chain, they've done the people review, all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you've got to stimulate demand and and you've got to drive growth. And the best way to drive growth is to attract new customers or sell more to the ones you've got. And the way to do that is marketing. And I think the education piece that we do with CFOs and CEOs is helping them understand marketing as a driver of growth, not a cost of business. And the fact that we can now measure that input, it's important that we get some balance around that measurement. But I think that's going to be fundamental as we come out of this sort of funk that we've been in for the last sort of, you know, six to 12 months. We've had busy election cycles, which have a play on confidence, et cetera. But I think we're starting to come out the other side of that. And it's the job of marketers to explain their role as drivers of growth, not as being cost of business. Christian Kroon, I think you might be seeing similar sort of sentiment in your client base. Yeah, we are forecast uh back in December was that January to June would be tough. It had some very, very high year-on-year -year, uh, numbers and comparables up against it. And then for July to December, an improvement. So um, we use SMI from a trend perspective. If I look over the last three to four months, normalise it against last year, 6 to 7% backwards, but it's not getting worse. And then July to December, we're seeing an improvement. I don't think that necessarily means we return to growth, but you, you, you push up from that minus 6, minus 7, probably more to but minus two or three. Um, and then you look to 2020 for, for growth in the market. But uh, I totally agree with Justin. Our, our CMOs know it, their teams know it. Marketing is a lever. It's incumbent on us as an industry to prove that give them the data to put in front of their CFO. But this seems to be Groundhog Day, right? We go through these cycles for the you know 20 years that I've been covering it. This is, a, this is an absolute uh, conversation that you can guarantee goes around every, every two to three years. Um, 
why is it? Why can't we, for instance, and, and Justin or Christian with the client access, uh, what happens with the CFOs and CEOs in terms of educating and why do we keep going round and round on this uh, in terms of the ability to stimulate through marketing and not being a cost but a growth driver? Maybe Justin first and then Christian. I think it comes back to something we were just talking about before, which is measurement, which is I don't think it's ever been easier to actually track causality. So between marketing activity and sales and actually starting to drive some real causal links between the two. That said, we've got to make sure that whoever in the boardroom understands long-term brand building and short-term growth, because I think you can get distracted by the short-term activity. Um, but if the boardroom can understand the role that those two things play together, so long-term brand building and short-term growth, that's where the win's going to be. And I think what's changed in the last, you know, last six to 12 months, you know, is that uh, we're getting boardrooms that are better educated around that, that, the way that will work. The other thing too that I found really interesting, if you look at the Royal Commission for argument's sake in a banking, what was the first thing that they started to do? They started to go back and prove their value proposition and we started to see the money, although it was a, a short respite, we're starting to see the investment back in to rebuild brand trust. And that's what we've really got to do. We've got to rebuild brand trust and then it makes that sale much easier when it comes down the pipe because you can't be silent and expect to grow. Christian, um, the the struggle that your your CMOs, your clients are having in, uh, what, what are they wrestling with? What have they been wrestling with in this investment versus um, cost out or restraint? I agree with Justin. The CMOs know it. It's how we prove it to them so they can show it to the CFO. And as more advertising becomes connected, it becomes easier to do that. Also, the missing link there as well is making sure it's connected with your client's data, connected with their sales data, uh, which a lot of the time it's not still. Because that really allows them to pinpoint, I did this, it did that, the causality of it. To the $2 billion men across the table here, you, the, the sentiment in the market has been tough for, for in, in the first half or for, for quite some time. You are sensing a slight change here or is it just um, good talking up the market, Mr. Stevenson? Uh, no, I think it's real. Um, you know, I think the guys have spoken about it. it's been tough probably since September or October of last year. There's no doubt about that. Um, post-election with a, a level of certainty in the marketplace, consistency of government, um, relaxed uh, lending criteria, uh, flattening out of the housing market, all of these sort of broader economic factors are contributing to a greater level of consumer sentiment. Um, and whilst, you know, we haven't seen um, the rivers of gold or certainly revenue flowing back into the market, I definitely think it's a more it's a more positive, a more positive outlook. Brian? Uh, yeah, look, I'm already confident um, of a of a of a good July to December for us, um, but at, by the same token, um, I'm reluctant to let the market deal with that for us or on our behalf. Um, and so, um, throughout my uh, my team at the moment, which numbers about 700 across the country, um, we're pushing out a a strategy that um, is basically the pebble in the pond strategy, and that is that there are some stimulus that happen that may on the surface appear to be not that major, but they do have and they reverberate across uh, the marketplace and create for a business like ours a plenty of opportunity for us to chase. So, for example, a pebble in the pond might be um, housing market bottoming out. Well, that rolls out to the willingness of um, the maritons of the world wanting to spend to move those units, um, the ability for the people that bought units to want to furnish those units. Um, the uh, real estate market for rental opening up as more product comes to market and so on. And the, and the pebbles in those ponds, um, you know, continue to reverberate across many, many categories. And what we're trying to do with our team, um, particularly given that we are so exposed to that SME market as a radio business, is we're trying to get them to understand that 
all those little bits of good news add up to a lot of uh, opportunity for a business uh, like ours in the marketplace. Because I think the thing that has really been um, difficult for media companies to overcome in the course of the last 12 months is just the press. One day in the Oz, I see the story, housing market's buggered. Next day in the same paper, I see the story, housing market recovering. So, you know, when you're a small business or, a, or, 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 a, or anybody out in the market reading that stuff, it's highly contradictory. Um, internally, we just want to overcome that. Uh, Michael, you talked about uh, seeing some uh, examples and categories where people were going against the tide and spending despite sentiment and the sense, the pressure of to not to spend. Um, you can tell us who they are and, and what happened, but um, just elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, I won't mention who they are for um, out of respect to those advertisers, but there are a number of advertisers and news retailers, an example, that are advertising through challenging times. And as Justin mentioned earlier on, you either grow the market or you take greater share. And those advertisers are doing relatively well by taking share out of that market. So I think, you know, advertising to deliver uh, growth is obviously an important thing. Investing in your brand, which delivers short and long-term sales outcomes. And we've got quite a number of examples of brands doing that. In, in wrapping up, Christian, your your sense on the optimism that our media owner friends uh, have across the table uh, in the face of what's coming at them from uh, big tech. Some pressure on big tech, do you think? I do see some challenges for Google and Facebook. They've still got the momentum for now. We'll see what the ACCC says in a couple of weeks. I think the Department of Justice uh, investigation that opened two weeks ago in the US is that's serious for them, and they've clearly taken it seriously with a couple of the CEOs talking about it over the weekend and feeling they need to get on the front foot. That's an interesting backdrop for them. You've got new platforms. You've got the local operators improving where they are. If data is the new currency, as clients reach the second stage, if you like, of wanting to enrich data, where do they play in that? They might be the tech provider, but they're not necessarily the strategic partner. And you sense that the media owners might be more more flexible uh, and malleable to to share. I think where there's a a fair value exchange, then yes. And if you're everyone's handling the data correctly, then I think there is more willingness to do that. Whereas a global business can be hamstrung by the structures that are in put in place upon it. So, Justin, your overall sense of what marketers and the broader marketing supply chain should be thinking about in the next 12 months? Uh, what's your, your your big tip? My big tip is is to keep that absolute laser-like focus on, on, on reach, but complementary. So how do I use all of my media channels to really drive that reach as best as I can? Uh, because for marketers, you know, that, at the end of the day, that's what you've got to do. You've got to get those, either acquire new ones or grow your current ones. And, and I think that's really, really important. The other thing I'd just say on, on, on measurement and probably my message for marketers is uh, that measurement's really, really important, but you've got to look for the meaningful in the measurable because we've seen clients with dashboards with like 26 different factors that they look at every day, but they might miss the big picture, which is they've missed a really big trend that's happening in customers because they get so obsessed by minutia. I think over the next six to 12 months, if there was a return to the fundamentals of marketing, and apply that in a new world as far as how these complementary things work together, that's where the wins are going to be. And I think that's what's kind of exciting insofar as we've, we've come through a period of a lot of noise. Now it's getting back to, well, here are the fundamentals. This is ultimately what I want to do. How do I use these things to help me get there versus get distracted by you know, the latest piece of measurement or whatever it might be? It's how do I find the meaningful? Uh, Brian Gallagher, do you genuinely feel like there is some momentum for legacy media companies to counter? Yeah, look, I've got... Um, two fundamental reasons for feeling um, ambitious and, 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 and enthusiastic about the future. Um, one is that I think the, um, 
regulatory protections that are going to come to consumers around their data is going to democratise the platform argument somewhat. And I think um, will help us because um, we're at a point with our current data where maybe it's not enough, um, but it's gold standard and it protects consumers. And when we enhance it, it becomes even more important when we work together to have a cross-platform measurement uh, that is protecting consumers, uh, we become preeminent. So I feel very enthusiastic about that aspect of our business. And then just internally, I feel that when we concentrate on the good that we can do for the clients that we represent, great things happen. And we will continue to be very, very focused on our internal message around where growth lies, as opposed to, I guess, reading the press and being a victim of that. John Bradshaw, an enormous amount there to unpack for marketers. Give us your, say, top three thing takeouts that they need to be uh, working through as a result of this uh, from this conversation. First thing I think marketers really need to focus on, um, capability and engagement. Um, I think for a long time, many marketers have kind of sat on the sidelines on this stuff, allowed their media agency to do the heavy lifting in terms of media strategy. I don't think that can be the case anymore. We've certainly learned in recent weeks um, how little marketers might understand about, you know, some of the more detailed and nuanced aspects of this, certainly digital media, but I'd also argue even in kind of traditional media. They've got to build their capability and they've got to build their capability so they can engage in a much richer, deeper way with the media challenge and become media strategists hand in hand with their media agency. So get better at it. Second thing I'd really like to see clients engaging in is the measurement debate that Justin was was talking about. The way we measure things is critical to how marketing engages with the C-suite and the board. Again, we've been allowing the industry to present new and different ways of measuring things. Um, and I'd really like to see clients taking hold of that in the way we've seen from some of the big marketers over in the US and kind of demanding a more advertiser-centric model to how things get measured. Um, but it's up to clients to engage in that. Otherwise, the industry will develop what it thinks is right. I'd like to see clients right in the thick of the measurement debate. And the final thing is, and it's a theme across all of our podcasts, but it's right here in the middle of this one, which is we've got to shift from efficiency to effectiveness. And it's very, very simplest at a media level. That's a move from talking about reach to talking about attention, which is not just am I reaching these people? Is there an opportunity to see? Is the thing viewable? But did they actually engage with it and watch it? And to what depth? So that we can start to think about is advertising effectiveness just not is advertising out there. Uh, And therefore, I'd kind of throw one thing to media owners and media agencies as well in order to respond to clients that should be doing those three things, which is they've got to take another step forward into being more advertiser-centric and starting to really think about what advertisers need in terms of effectiveness and start to, as Justin's suggesting, they evolve and kind of rapidly change their business model. Um, One of the things they need to do is kind of build the advertiser right in the middle of their business and start to understand, meet and deliver on their needs in a way that they've not done before. Otherwise, they're going to get left behind. John, thank you. You can get more fantastic content and perspective, of course, at mi-3.com.au. We'll talk to you next week. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. 
For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button to get a free notification every time we release a new episode.